Alex, hi. Oscar. Hey, nice, <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to see you too. And thank you for coming to the Cartoon Museum with well, me today. It's, it's, it's a privilege. It's yes, a privilege it is. to look pictures with you. It is. Uh, yeah. uh, shall we go to the museum? Let's do that. There's my bicycle. I've chained my bicycle up, which is how no, I ride You can buy bike. Yeah, how did you get here? By car. Say, car? Yeah, yeah. You haven't got a car. Don't tell no, lies. But, uh, driven by somebody else. <laughs> Okay, we've arrived at the desk here. And Hello. Pam is here. Hi, Pam. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Cartoon Museum. Now, we've got our National Art Passes with us. What does that mean? Great. That means you get free entry to the museum. Wow. Wow, wow. Thank you. Result. So if you'd just like to head on through the double doors, I hope you enjoy your visit. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, I'm Alexi Sale, comedian and author, and I'm at the Cartoon Museum. And uh, I am Oscar Zarate, a graphic novelist, and Alexi's friend. And this is... Uno, dos, tres. Meet me me at at the the museum. museum. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to come to the Cartoon Museum, partly because it's near my house, but uh, also because uh, it's a place that I like very much. And uh, Oscar, why did you, uh, why did you want to come with me? The priority was to come to the museum first, mm-hmm. no? And then you came along with me to the museum. But the priority is to see pictures here. Yeah. No, of course I wanted to be with you. You invite me anyway. Yeah. So, of course I want to, to walk around and see pictures and, and see what you make of it and, uh, and what I make of it. Museums are storehouses. They store stuff. They store memories. And this museum is very interesting because it's quite singular. It's, it's about laughing. It's about how England laughed. It's giving us an idea of what was going on. You, you, you can read the, the Bronte sisters and it can tell you about what was going on in Georgia times. But cartoonists also, they were talking about what was going on. So this museum is, is really something. It's about laughing. And well, that's unusual in that respect. Yeah. Also, there are incredible, incredible stuff, you know. Yeah. It's not just cartoons. I think it's, it transcends, you know. It's, yeah, it's well, a, I suppose the, the cartoon's an interest in uh, art, because it's an art object, but that's it's also it, yeah. A, yeah. a kind of a commentary. You know, and there, there is one cartoonist here called Thomas Rollinson, and I hope we can see the work. Uh, he was here in Georgia, Georgian Times. Georgian times, there was incredible time for cartooning. That was when it began to have a, a presence, you know, in the culture. And it defined what was coming afterwards. Like William Hogarth, that was the first. But with him, it's because his art is so tremendous. You, you start having another kind of resonance. Oscar, okay. for the convention, uh, uh, describe how we met, even though we know how we met. I saw you first, but you, you didn't know I was there. When you were compared at the, at the comedy store, and I thought that the, the compare was best than the actual stand-up comedians. I agree with uh, that. Yeah? You, you, you agree with me? See. Si. Yeah. For supuesto. And then you did a, a book. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Trying Tren- to Hell. Trying to Hell which it was incredible energy was in that book. You never talk about that book. You, no, I think you feel ashamed of that book. A little bit. I do feel a little bit yeah, ashamed. Yeah, and I think it has incredible energy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what he was talking in that book, 
is how I was feeling about my, my pictures or what I want to tell, and particularly what was going on in England at that time. So I wrote to the publisher. I was proposing, can we meet? And I had this idea for a book, you know. That was about almost 40 years ago. Well, that was the, well, I always remember you. I thought you, you you remembered things differently, but you it was just after the war in the Malvinas slash Falkland Islands. And yeah, you said yeah. you're Argentinian, but at the moment oh, you you said be. you said I am that mysterious thing, a South American. Really? Yeah. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a South American. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I thought that the, because you, you collect, you collect eccentric people, so I thought that the, an Argy yeah, was you, missing in your collection. Absolutely, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah you are. The book we, we produced together was called Jeffrey the Tube Train and the Fat Comedian. I actually found it quite difficult to write, really, because you have to remove, you have to remove, in a way, don't you, from comic strip books. You know, you have to really pare down the dialogue and the action and stuff. But I think it's an amazing book. It's, uh, it's I mean, it's very much a, a, a kind of chronicle of where I was at that point as well, I think. And we got it's sued for libel for it. So. And then I remember certain reviews, and it connected also to, to the Cartoon Museum, that this, one of the reviews, this, this book is the William Hogarth of our times. Do you remember that review? No, but sounds good. Yeah? Yeah. And, and I thought, well, why not, you know? I so, suffered a bit from that then, if you were a comedian, you were supposed to stay in your box and not do other things, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I suffered a bit from that, both with music, really, because the music that I did was actually quite, you know, artistically interesting, and mm. uh, in that book as well, but you weren't really allowed then, you were supposed to just be this kind of entertainment figure and I think I I think you know I, I struggled with that so does I feel that it, it kind of it picked too early that, that, that book yeah Be, well, because that's what people told me yeah, and I think that's that, true in a way yeah you know? so that I like the idea because it was a visionary book yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very dynamic style yours so there's a lot of movement in your drawing I think it's not like hyper realistic is it it's there's a certain cartoonish quality. I mean, not the the, the amount of uh, work that goes in into each frame is. Uh, For the last six plus years, I've been working on this book about this um, English watercolorist called Thomas Curtin. Thomas Curtin, the forgotten artist. William Turner was very indebted to to this artist. Do you here. reproduce Curtin's work though in your thing? Well, there are three, four paintings, You've which is Curtin's painting, yeah, yeah. and it's going to be double, the, the, the spread double, so we can appreciate the, the art. Well, should we go and look at some of this stuff? Let, let's see the real stuff, yeah. We'll start at the beginning of the art form, really, I think. It, it looks like this wall is just, uh, yeah, early... Georgian cartoonist. There are so many different cartoonists here on this wall. John Collier, Mouton, Bomboy, Nixon. Oh, Th Thomas Rawlinson. This is one of my favorites, Alec. When, you know, we were talking before about my book, it said, uh, Gertie in Georgia Times, I had mm -hmm. to do research. 
And he, Thomas Rawlinson, was an incredible reference because he, he drew everything was going on about life in Georgian times, the countryside and the city, politics, uh, sex, um, the different social classes. He was remarkable. He, he just, he drew what was in front of him. No, he, he wasn't very ferocious, but he, he was just an idea of what was going on in Georgian time. And his art was it's incredible. It's just um, so beautiful, little watercolors. Um, and w- what is incredible, after almost 300 years, 250 years, the colors are still there, you know? Have a look, Alex. I mean, you're familiar with Robinson. Yeah, I mean, you've seen this. It's yeah, part of the English yeah. life. You know. But this one is called the nursery. Yeah, so yeah. And just to describe it, there's a, a skeleton presiding over a dead baby. <laughs> the nurse is asleep and the mother's coming in. Uh, and she's upset because her baby's dead. Um, I don't know. There's obviously a, a moral here. Do you think it's that yeah, you shouldn't... Yeah, there's a caption here. Oh, right. fa- I mean, you can read it better than me. Read a it. fashionable young mother has put her baby out to be nursed by a poor woman who is more interested in drinking than childcare. The mother arrives to find that death rocks the cradle. How many Hollywood films there are about this today? <laughs> <laughs> eh? Yeah. It's incredible. So it's a, he's, he's making a moral point as well about fashion. They, they were all. They, yeah. they were all. Yeah. Also, Rollers, in his private life, he was a libertine. You know, he liked drinking and, you know, women. And, and uh, he lived in Covent Garden, which was that's the place. That was At the, that time, was the place to be. You know, Sex every, and fresh fruit. Yeah, that's it. Amazing combination. Yeah, that, that's it. The, the yeah. upper classes and, and the criminals, <laughs> they were together sharing the same space. Yeah. But also the, the, the mines, they were yeah. there too. The, the concentration Covent Garden at that time, it, it was a place that everything was happening because they were revolutionaries, you know. I think if we talk about this, that, that in Covent Garden, it was an exception, exceptional area at that time. And revolutionary coffee houses as well. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was, there was, like, everything was going on there. Just like Starbucks today. That's it. <laughs> a place yeah. of revolution. Yeah. Shall we uh, yeah. move on? Where, where do you want to go? I don't know. Oh, look at that. They're beautiful. Beautiful paintings. Yeah. We should maybe... Do, I mean, it's, it's, so they're all quite small, are they? They are prints. These are, no? these are prints. Not, they are prints, yeah. 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 Yeah, they had to make a living, no? Yeah. Yeah. This is a French. Okay. This is French. And Dumier, that, that he was another oh, very okay. radical yeah. artist. I think he was sent to prison because of his cartoons. Yeah. It says 1830, and there's a fat guy with pointy hair. It's the same person. But, same person. Yeah. But their hair's collapsed. But how events <laughs> start seeing on his face, no? Yeah, right. It's a, a portrait of a, a revolutionary, perhaps. I don't know. But fantastic. The, the, the concentration of stuff in one wall. Yeah, eh? yeah. Well, this is just what... This is more recent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a little more kind of arty, you know, the, the cartoons. Uh, the, the cross hatching or whatever it's really beautiful no yeah huh? really very nice. accomplished it's piece of art Charles Keane yeah. yeah this was published in Punch it's called Handsome Cab 
but it's just a it's a kind of city portrait, isn't it? It's got no satiric intent that I can see. And there's one here. There's a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. Sir Francis Carruthers Gould, and uh, this is President President Kruger and the British Lion, and this is uh, during the Boer War, and uh, the British Lion is being confounded by the elusive Boer leader, President Paul Kruger, who is depicted as Br'er Rabbit, hiding in a bush, and uh, so there's a lion looking all kind of confused, and there's what a wily you, looking rabbit. What, what's interesting here about the art or the artist, different with our world we were talking before. Yeah. Uh, at that time, all those cartoons didn't come out in newspapers because there were no newspapers. They were, you know, single prints that people used to buy. But here, newspaper was around. So the art, which is a lot of cross-hatching, it had to do that it will reproduce well. All right. And there's one here in the corner. It's a gigantic arse. Is this? Well, that's a very famous, that's a French famous one, no? Jean Jean Vivet. And it's the impudence of Albion. Shame, shameless Albion. Yeah. Who's that? The, the, the bum? That's uh, Edward VII. <laughs> Edward VII, huh? yeah. yes. Reproduced here as a bottom. These things about England and France, huh? Yeah, you think of that as a staple of kind of cartoons of the, well, up until the 20th century, really. The British lions and French, yeah. French perfidity and, and frogs and everything. Yeah. Now we've got the help of a curator here, so uh, to help us with our well, mind you, Oscar knows a lot about this stuff. But uh, Steve, your curator here, is that right? My name's Steve, and I'm the learning officer at the Cartoon Museum, which basically means I tell children what to do. But I've also been here at the Cartoon Museum for, uh, since, well, on and off since well, 1995. You've been for a long, long time here. Yeah, that's why yeah. I look like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I helped Steve Bell to put up uh, all the pictures in this room. I really like telling people about the artwork in that corner because that is where you can see the whole style of cartooning changing from what came before, which was quite detailed work, to what we now think of as kind of cartoony, in inverted commas. So yes, it was like during World War Two that cartoons began to take on a, a brevity of line, as we can see with this work by Kenneth Bird, who went by the name Fugas, uh, who did the famous Careless Talk Costs Lives posters uh, that were displayed all around Britain. They're very humorous, depicting some quite simply drawn people in social locations uh, being spied upon by Hitler. The message was if you work for the military or the government, don't be talking about important war matters when you're out and about. But if you compare the style of it to the style that was apparent immediately before that and concurrently, where the style of cartoons was much more detailed, like more conservative illustration, Kenneth Bird used a, br a brevity of line, as I said, and other cartoonists began to copy that, and that kind of became what we now think of as a cartoony style. Clean lines, simple shapes, and that's what people nowadays expect. For, for, for guys, that, that, was the, 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 that was the real name? That was his nickname. Apparently, nickname, no? yeah. in World War I, yeah. he'd almost lost a leg from a landmine that was known as a fugas. Yeah. And so he survived, and he took that yeah, as his pen name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were incredibly effective, is no? 
because yeah. he's so so clear what he's saying. Yeah, it's like so clear. The clarity of yeah. his artwork means yeah. that, you know the message is immediately apparent, and it's very humorous, and. Amongst like other cartoons surrounding it, you always see that they were drawn much, much bigger than they were printed. Yeah. But the other way around with this, uh, he drew like just A4 size, and then these were blown up at the printers into like massive kind of two foot posters uh, that would be put up all around. Uh, well, Britain. They were stick on the walls. Yeah. In, like, Everywhere. Yeah, pubs, shops, yeah. anywhere like yeah. that. My mum remembers them. Because I see reproduction, reproduction. They're big. Yeah, yeah, yeah in this kind of poster shops, in, yeah. Yeah, but he drew them quite small, yeah. and uh, I, think, I think they're just absolutely delightful. Well, again, there's a use of humour as well, isn't there, which is a constant. The one of the hit, all the many Hitlers around the phone box is, uh, is particularly amusing. <laughs> the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's a Hitler hiding behind a portrait, and then... Uh, it's funny you mentioned the phone box. When I'm showing school children this, they all say to me, Steve, What's that man standing inside? <laughs> and I have to explain that that's what we had before mobile phones. David Lowe, famous cartoonist for the, well, the Evening Standard, I thought, and uh, did his, a lot of his most notable work during the war. Uh, and this is a propaganda cartoon. Yeah, very patriotic, no? Yeah, all behind you, Winston. Yeah. Uh, all the politicians of the day rolling oh. up their sleeves. Chamberlain's there and that's a, sure, it's a, a lot of empathy. This is the yeah. working class, but empathy with the working class, not yeah. doing that, you know? Yeah. Rolling up their sleeves. That's very really clever. Fight Hitler, yes. Well, I mean, also what you can see in this section of the museum is taking the simplicity even further. We've got work there by Robert Sheriffs, which is purely uh, silhouette. Those illustrations uh, would have accompanying text, so we don't know exactly what they were illustrating, but Sheriffs were so brilliant with body language. We can see in the top one, there's a canoodling couple at a party and a, a bloke twisted with jealousy behind them. There's a lot of these cartoons seem to be about adultery, really. There seems to be a constant of these cartoons. Half the cartoons in here seem to be about adultery. The other half are about fiscal policy in the West Indies and then... 18th century. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it was around this time, in the sort of early to mid-20th century, that the subject matter of cartoons began to change as well, from being just political satire mm -hmm. to being more a kind of a satire on social mores and, right. you know, things like marriage and, you know, people's uh, habits and, and personal foibles and yeah. things. And that really kind of maintained then, you know, up to the present day, really, what we think of as, like, the typical gag in, say, Private Eye or something like that is often just like a, a funny kind of play on something that's current or that we all yeah. do. It isn't necessarily taking the mickey out of royalty or, or politicians, good though that is. I don't know if I've even seen it really, but it's a classic New Yorker cartoon and uh, there's a man in the vet and the vet is saying, Mr Schrodinger, about your cat, <laughs> it's good news and bad news. <laughs> Which is an amazingly, yeah. uh, you know, complex uh, philosophical. Uh, it's a funny gag. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, his whole philosophy is summed yeah. up in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't need to read the rest. Yeah. I was wondering whether there's a kind of common denominator in personality with cartoonists, because I always say that, like puppeteers, for instance, are always deeply strange because they're they're all they're all put their hands up an animal's ass, basically. But I don't know whether there's a, 
a kind of uniformity of character in cartoonists. I know Steve Bell, for instance, is about nine foot tall. Yeah, well, mercifully, they're not all nine feet tall. No. Do you think there's, there are there's similar cartoonists? I mean, it's a strange... In a way, it's a strange profession to go into, isn't it? It's a strange art form. I think it's because it's people that have got something to say and they use cartoons as a forum for saying that. I mean, years ago, maybe they'd have stood on a soapbox in Hyde Park Corner and rung a bell. Right. But uh, they might have rung a Steve Bell. <laughs> and, uh, Kaboom. Da, da, da. I'm here all week. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> it's, it's something you want to say, but also you want to say on what you love to do, which is drawing. Well, no, when you're it. a cartoonist, no, I, th- I think it, it comes together. You know, you you want to express how you feel or think through drawing. Yeah, and that's yeah. how some people yeah. express themselves best. Yeah. You know, others might write a column for the Times, mm-hmm. and others will do a, an absolutely spot-on uh, cartoon or caricature, yeah. or indeed a, a comic or a graphic novel. Yeah. That, this is what is interesting all about here. No? That whatever is being said, it cannot be said in a different kind of language. It's being said in cartoon. That, yeah, that's and how it a works. Tremendous yeah? precision, yeah. isn't it? There's always that's one of the things about cartoons, they get right to the point. There's no there can be no fat about them really. Yeah. Know? Well that's it. It's like yeah. Yeah, it's the, it is the brevity of line and, and the succinct quality of yeah, the thought. Because it's so minimal. I mean you know yeah. about being minimal. Yeah. You know, it's a line here it might be about a fraction of a second of you yeah. doing a standard comedy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everything counts. You no, know? everything counts. No, it's and that's so what's attractive of, about them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the, the, the essentials. No? Yeah. I'm Holly, and I'm the commercial manager at the Cartoon Museum. Um, so I look after all of our retail and events. Holly, can you tell us what what we're doing in this room, this chamber of horrors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed it is. Yeah. So this exhibition is really interesting, I think, because of the way it was curated. So uh, Boris Johnson is one of the most cartooned politicians in the UK ever. And this exhibition basically kind of tells the story of his uh, reign, if that's the right word. And the way it was curated was... There were some political cartoonist cartoons were collected specifically for the exhibition. And then unusually what we also did was an open call out. So we were able to showcase kind of less heard voices effectively. So it was an open call out and cartoonists from all different backgrounds, ages, races, uh, genders, sent in work that they had created either about Boris Johnson or about the time that he was prime minister. So the pandemic, Brexit, all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's difficult to, to see these pictures uh, because it's so recent. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So the only thing I hope I mean, is just what you can take out of this is just never more. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, if, if, if that had that kind of function, these exhibitions, that's it. Look, what we're going through, we don't have to go again. Yeah, you know? yeah. Never and, more. And um, something that's really interesting, actually, like yeah. talking about it being really recent, is I've heard visitors looking round it and as they've come out of it, they've been saying... I can't believe I'd forgotten about that already, and kind of quite shocked with themselves, actually. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Time yeah. will tell. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's some interest in here. There's a couple by Ben Jennings, which were published in The Guardian. I didn't see them, but they're quite painterly in a way. There's one of a nurse walking up an empty corridor, and there's another one of Boris in a, in a fridge in a supermarket, and the shelves are empty apart from Boris... 
with a sign saying "Don't panic." With the, the, the one of the nurses, lovely actually. I think you like that. Yeah, That's good. yeah. yeah. A strong picture. Yeah. yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, Alex, before we were in front of a, a Steve Bell yeah. picture, can can we go? On? Because yeah, you, you, yeah, you got things to say about him yeah. as a cartoonist. At uh, this one, visually, how he represents uh, Boris Johnson. Yeah, it's uh, well. It's again, it's artists as we. Uh, there are probably. As a piece of anatomy, they're probably the arse is the most prevalent <laughs> piece of the body on display in this museum. And Boris Johnson is entirely an arse with a blonde sort of wig Weak. on. Wig, yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly with that yellow overall, I remember when he was visiting whatever. Yeah. 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 It's a faithful portrait. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Stephen's work. He's an angry old man, you know. He's still... <laughs> In our main gallery, he curated it, so he basically went through our collection and selected works that he thought were important or interesting, and it sort of tells the history of British cartooning, political cartooning. Where did they come from? Where did they come from in the first place? These works. They were collected, kind of, by people who were just passionate about cartoons, and um, so it was people who collected them themselves, just kind of personally, until they had enough to kind of go actually, we should have a museum or a gallery, we should do something with this, other people need to see them. Mm. When the Cartoon Museum kind of first existed, it was sort of like a cartoonist school, and I think that's something that still continues, is it's about wanting everyone to feel like they can pick up a pencil and draw and yeah. Yeah, make comments on yeah. things through visual imagery. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's available. You go paper and a pencil and everything's yeah, possible. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's something that is really, really accessible. Mm. And I think something with cartoons as well, especially like in this exhibition, because you see all the different styles of drawing. So whoever you are, however you draw, you can feel that there is a way of communicating. Because that's, that's the it. thing, it's, it's about communicating it. yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. You say, once you have a paper and a pencil, it's what you want to say, yeah. and, and the hand follows. Yeah. That's, that's what it yeah, is, yeah. Not you need to, to say something. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got the tool, paper and pencil, and what else? That's it. Yeah. And then if you're lucky, you're going to be framed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And being <laughs> and you, be and in a gallery like this. Exactly, saying. exactly, yeah. yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's a lot about kind of how you can get anyone to do these things and communicate things. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's a nice thing about this museum as well. Yeah. It's, a, it's a teaching resource. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly, this is space yeah. active. Yeah. It's like we really want it to be like a hub of, for cartoonists. And but also what happened on the walls are incredible. Something as, as you're here, Rebecca Hendon is also a comedian as well. Right. She does, uh, and I, I think her stuff's quite interesting because it's very, it's quite painterly and colourful. Like often cartoons are done quite quickly, kind of sketchily, whereas this like it looks, it looks at least as if it takes quite a lot of time. Yeah, I mean there, are, there is obviously a similarity between... Um, the cartoon and the joke, really. You know, they, yeah, they, they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, cartoons are visual sorts of jokes, really. Best jokes are very economical, you know. And so are the best cartoons, I think. Yeah, I think, like, talking of being economical, I think that one is quite good because it has lots of stuff in it, even though it's just one image. Yeah. Because it's... Um... Bo it's Bojo the Caterpillar... It, it, reads better than it says, doesn't it? <laughs> the caterpillar liar. So it's a, a kind of play on caterpillar and liar. Caterpillar and work event cake. And it's obviously a reference to the whole cake gate scenario. I don't know if you can remember that far back. 
Yeah, that one's by Al. Yeah, Wilfred Wood as well is quite um, yeah. popular. He and especially because it's been the the plasticine. He's made a plasticine bust of Chris Whitty, and it's the fact that it's made out of plasticine. So again, it's something that's really accessible. It's kind of anyone can do that. Right. Well, I say anyone, but that's amazing. Chris, <laughs> Chris Whitty was big in the the twenty twenties. Yeah. It's, it's, Forgotten it's a figure. It's, when the this exhibition. Well, uh, so really recently, well, yeah, yeah. People so few, are interested. Are interested to look at this? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. They really because are. Because it's not easy yeah. to look at this, no. No, and like um, I was saying, because it's reminding people of things that have happened yeah. really recently. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, there you go. It's, there's history here. The present and the past meet at the Cartoon the Museum. It will repeat itself, you know. History yeah. repeats itself. First as tragedy, then as farce. And then on ITV2. <laughs> <laughs> there's I've several, in, in several of my books, there's, I've done cartoons. And I used to do regular cartoons in Time Out as well. Yeah, I'd forgotten that I am a yeah, cartoonist. Yeah. If I donated a... Yeah, you should, actually. Yeah, if I yeah. donated, would you guarantee you put it up on the wall? Under <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pressure, I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> the things I used to draw are quite are well-drawn. They're sort of ironical kind of... Um, Little, I don't know what you call them, little visual jokes, really, weren't they? Yeah, uh, surreal. Yeah. It was surreal. Yeah, yeah. The, the references were not available for everybody. It's no. They have a word by itself, which is surreal. Yeah. I think that probably was good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they were lovely, your cartoon. We're talking about 40 years ago. Yeah, I haven't done it for ages. Maybe I yeah. should go back to it, yeah. I must dig them out. They're all in the, in the loft, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I'm drawing is a kind of bemused expression. <laughs> Sometimes, looking at certain cartoons in this museum, you have certain kind of expressions, you know, bemused. This, this is me looking at one of the pictures at the, at the museum. So I love to, to see these drawings on paper, because that's what I love. Very simple. That's, that's what I love most. Drawings on paper. They don't move, they don't have a sound. But it tells you a lot of things. But this is how I think. How, how, how you feel about it? Because for me, it's a little bit, Alex, for me, this is a little bit more, more familiar. I, I don't do cartoons, I, I do graphic novels, comics, you know, sequential narrative. But I like, as I've said before, I like drawings on paper. Yeah, I like the I like the social history aspect of it. Really, seeing the ones from the thirties, particularly, you know, there's a, there's so many images here because particularly because it's common, you know, there's so many different images crammed in the same frame. Often, it's a bit exhausting, really, in some yeah. ways. It's kind of it overwhelming. requires a yeah. different visit. If yeah, you, if you yeah. can afford to come back, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit kind of. If you have the national eh? art pass, in fact. Oh, we can come. If you have the, you can, we can come as many times as we want. My picture is just uh, Alexei and Oscar at the museum, and I suppose it is like my cartoons. It's, it's, uh, it's just Alexei and Oscar scene. It's just the tops of their heads. And you're not thinking. Kind of, just yeah, the only yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. At the museum, it's got a formal. I told you that he's a good cartoonist, huh? Yeah. And, and they have so much material here to to come and look at it. It's. Um, 
don't know if I've spoiled my drawing by doing that extra bit. What do you think? I had a certain purity before, which... Uh... I look at a cartoon in a very kind of cartoonish... Yeah, it's a joke, You are yeah. so talented. I am, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Meet Me at the Museum. With me, Alexis Hale. And me, Oscar Zorate, at the Cartoon Museum. If you like this episode of the podcast, tell someone about it or leave us a review. And don't forget, you can show your love for museums with a national art pass. It gives you great benefits at hundreds of venues while raising money to support them.